Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Good afternoon and welcome to Cook Speak. This is Jeff Tom Toten. I'm here at the Abbey on Butler Street in Lawrenceville with my old buddy, Jen Saffron from Special Tour Catering. Say hi. Hey, Tom. Hi, everybody. So, uh, your catering business is called Special Tour. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Give us a little background and where you're located and how people get in touch with you. Just things like that, and we'll go from there. Sure. So, we're a Mediterranean catering company, and we've been around for a couple of years building our clientele in our business in a sustainable way. Um, we operate currently out of the north side, and we're looking to move to Millville, which is something that you and I talked about before. Yeah. Um, we've been working on that project for a while to redevelop the Moose Lodge, the former Moose Lodge on Sherman in Millville, which will be a mixed-use space. We're really psyched about that, and we can talk about that in a sec. It's close to the Grand Bar and Subway there. Yeah, exactly. Close to the library, Tupelo Honey Teas, a lot of developing close to Double R Bar. And... Um, People can check out my website at www.sprezzaturapgh.com, and I'll spell that. S is in Sam, P-R-E-Z-Z-A-T-U-R-A-P-G-H.com. And that's a word that means you appear to be nonchalant, but you really care. Ah. Like our food. Right. And what, what kind of food do you have? You mentioned Mediterranean. Yeah, right now I've been making just, it's the holidays. So ha- happy holidays, everybody. Um, we've been making mad amounts of platters for various parties, lots of meatballs yeah. that are our signature specialty and they're delicious. And they're made old-style old Italian way. They're awesome. And then we've also been um, really doing a lot of parties for people. So Friday, I'm doing a giant party at my church, which is an annual dinner. It's sit-down dinner for 50. Oh, nice. Um, brought, brought out in courses. So we start out with a traditional, everybody comes in and chills out and gets a glass of wine and goes over to like a nice table filled with gorgeous heaping platters of cheeses and olives and uh, grape leaves and Specialty items like um, things people might not eat all the time, like lupini and stuff like that. And then lupini is a little bean. It kind of reminds me of like a cross between a chichi and a lentil. Mm -hmm. And um, you don't want to eat the skin of the lupini. It has like a little lip on it, and you like a fava bean. Yes, and you bite into it, and you squirt it in your mouth. It's kind of crazy. So you take the skin off essentially, but it's almost like the same concept as beer and pretzels because they're, they're in a salty brine. Mm-hmm. So you usually have them with like a little drink. Oh, or, right. You know, you can also have them as a snack. One time I ate them all the way across the Grand Salsa in Italy. I ate a whole bag of them, which is not something you should do because a little hard on your stomach. But um, they're pretty traditional. You can 
get them at Pen Max, certainly if you're just like a regular shopper. And they come in a jar, and they're usually in the same aisle as the jarred thing right past the garlic. Right. Um, and then we'll have, for, so for Friday night, our menu is going to be um, a traditional Corsican lamb stew with ba- tons of bay leaves and olives and tomato base. Really good. Melt in your mouth, deliciousness. And that's served alongside of some roasted fingerling potatoes and carrots. So it's got like a spicy and a sweet to it. And then we'll come out with some fishes. Um, it's not a seven fish dinner, although we do a seven fish dinner in our family with my friends. Um, we do it at my friend's house. There, there will be some um, salmon in the broiler with some pesto glaze that is righteous, along with a citrus fennel salad. Um, yeah, I do too. With oranges and black pepper and olive oil. Um, and then we're going to have mussels in garlic chicken broth with big hunks of bread and focaccia and shrimp. We'll bring out some shrimp. And then in the end of the meal, I'll have like a straight up green salad with some fresh root on top and some cheeses on the side. And then we'll have bring out big trays of traditional Italian cookies and Tyrone, which is like an almond nougat, and that's some nice. vanilla, lemon, and orange flavors. The coffee with that. Yep. Oh, EYLB, super fun. We do it every year at our church. I go to Community House Presbyterian Church. It's super fun. Sounds good. Um, you wanted to talk about a couple things, too. Uh, what do you got on your list there you wanted to mention? Well, I, I did run into our friend on the bus. Yes, um, um, so here we are in the Abbey, and of course I work downtown, so I took the 91 to come out here and say hi to you guys. Right. And um, I jumped on the bus, and Slim Forsyth, yes. Slimmy, who lives above me, hotel, the one and only, right. he's on the bus with me. He's he said well? He's doing well. He's going to retire I from know. the city. I can't even believe it. He told me in the summertime, yeah, it's on the 4th of July. Yeah. Yep. So he's... I can't either. So he's going to be 62, and he's out of there, ready to make more music. You can see his Christmas show on the uh, 23rd. Didn't you tell me he's playing with the Turbo Sonics for their annual Christmas show? It's very, very fun. Can't wait to see that. And then, do you want to talk about Millville? Yes, absolutely. So, for tour, we're going to move to Millville, which I can't even believe because I, I don't know. About when? I'm hoping in, in the spring we were gonna we were shooting for sometime last year, but we wanted to move slowly and get our bids in. We're redeveloping the moose lodge, and you would think that it wouldn't be that big of a deal to kind of redevelop a big rectangular building that doesn't have any columns in it. These things can <laughs> get complicated. Yeah, exactly. Someone who's opened a couple of restaurants. And, right. Yeah. So, is it a zoning thing, or is it more about equipment, or what is the? No, the I deal think there? I think one of the goals of the space is to be a cooperative space that is mixed use. So the goal being not just to have a cafe, restaurant, retail experience for people, but to also use the space for New Sun Rising, which is a social entrepreneurship business incubator, and they support small business um, with technical assistance and training and development. And then also 412 Food Rescue, which has kept millions of pounds of food out of the waste stream by rescuing it, Redirecting the food. Leah Rondo and Giselle Fetterman doing unbelievable work, and many, many volunteers and workers there. You got it. And so we're thinking about like what kind of a space, how can we develop 
Espresso Tura having a catering and cafe place. 412 utilizing the kitchen also to process large amounts. Could you imagine if somebody was like, oh, I've got four cases of butternut squash and they're about to expire. You can come and rescue them. Well, how, how can we use a space that's flexible enough to accommodate something like that? And then an event space that's a part of that open plan that accommodates things like um, small conferences, meetings, gatherings, community meetings. Um, and then finally, office space for new sun rising and then um, socially minded tenants that need desk space. So thinking about things like, I mean, things as simple as where are the bathrooms in a place like that? You know, what about all the plumbing that's needed? There's a lower level. Is that phase two of the development? Um, is there a kitchen in place already there? There is not really. I mean, certainly nothing that would pass code. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, and we're looking at, we want to have a kitchen that's open to, for viewing so that if we wanted to, for example, teach um, or have a community component, 412 you mentioned has a lot of volunteers. That's super true. So having all of those volunteers come in and being able to have space for them um, and being able to see how things happen um, is really important. I found out from Leah, Leah Lizarondo that 40% of the food they rescue is actually produce, which is wow, huge. Yeah, high percentage. So you're talking like, well, how would you immediately process that? And where is it going? And where are the walk-in refrigerators? So just trying to locate everything. It's very interesting to think about the synergy that can happen and the excitement that can happen when we're making food. Food is such a common, we all have to have it, right? We all have to have it. And so on one hand, having like a really interesting, cool restaurant, cafe, where people can come in and chill out is cool. But then also adding other layers to it, like we're planning on, in keeping with our eco-district commitment in Millvale, we're planning on having construction junction through their re-program, build out some of our cabinetry and our, yeah, they've got this really cool program called RE, R-E, where they actually match up Carnegie Mellon architecture students with people that are looking to get back into the workforce, maybe people that, that were incarcerated and they come out of jail and they need a job and they want to get job training, or there are people that are working it. And so they match up these two populations and then they, they build stuff together. And so, kind of creative thinking we're looking for. Right. right. So, I mean, on one hand, it's like, I'd like to open sooner than, rather than later, but on the other hand, I love this idea of slow development because it creates so many other interesting, cool partnerships like with RE that they stepped up and were like, we'd like to, you know, have our people build your coffee bar. Awesome. We're there. Yeah, you know? sure. uh, that, that's just it. It's just a multi-purpose space, what it's basically going to be, right? Yeah, I think in layman's terms, that's what we call it for sure. And I don't think there are zoning issues with that um, so much so. Millville, um, one of the good things about being in Millville is that it's not the city of Pittsburgh. You don't have to deal with that kind of, those zoning issues are really tough. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're not dealing with that, um, but we are dealing with many people um, and three different businesses, New Sun Rising, Forward Seafood Rescue, and me, and then looking at the public 
I think there's so much good energy right now in Millville. People are doing such amazing things. I went there for Small Business Saturday. Yeah, Tupelo Honey Peas, Danielle Spinola, my good friend, just doing incredible work. Love it. It's a great place to be, you know. Yeah. Exactly. That took a while to put together, but they did an incredible job of it. It's a beautiful place. It's beautiful. And by the way, for our listeners, they're open. Um, they've got weekend hours, and you should go there on a Saturday or Sunday and chill out, get a really good coffee. We just did an event at Mount Alvernia in Millville. Um, all the people who ever went to St. Nicholas School, where the Maxo Vanco bureaus are. They had an all-school reunion. Really? It was so cool. How how there were about 100 people, wow, which was amazing to me because it was ambitious. And Great idea. I thought it was so much fun. And we were there um, serving up a buffet, and all of a sudden we realized this coffee maker we have doesn't work. It's not going to work. And you can imagine, so we've got 100 people, and this is not a good idea, right? It's a Saturday afternoon, you know, people want their coffee with their cake. But what we were able to do is, like, drive down to Tazadoro and, like, buy a bunch of coffee for her, you know? So this is an example of really good ecosystem, people taking care of each other, you know, in a small community. Did you pay the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. It was great. We made some things we normally make, um, but then because St. Nicholas is... Most of the people there are Eastern European descent, Croatian, Polish. They asked us to make some things that we normally wouldn't make, which was super fun. Yeah. So we made um, kielbasa and kraut. We made pierogies. It was really fun. And I don't normally do those kinds of things, but I had a great time doing it. Yeah. It was the fun. Kind of stuff I grew up with. My, my grandma yeah. my father's side was stuffed stuff cabbage, you know, mm. and kielbasa and sauerkraut. At Easter time, you know, uh, pasta bread, poppy seed bread, not raw almonds. Easter here was filled with butter. And I know. <laughs> they came up, all the people that came to this um, party, they asked all of the older women to make traditional Croatian pastries. They were beautiful. They had these huge boxes of these um, kind of, they looked almost like a, our version of a pizza, uh-huh. but they were prettier. They had, no offense, Mom, they had... Um, <laughs> It was like a dough that almost looked like lace, uh, yeah. and it had powdered sugar on it. I was crazy. It was like you guys are amazing. Yeah, I think I think of all of the older people who make food like that. They're like warriors, you know. They're they're the keepers of the tradition. That reminds me of the off topic just a little bit. First time I ever had was years ago. Bak- bak- bakala. Oh sure. With yeah. Of course, the Greek, the great classic Greek uh, pastry dessert. And I was, I was like, what is this? And uh, I was working at the Barney Center at the time. Because uh, we'd always have the cookie tails for all the weddings. And then I was like, oh, it's bacala. And I said, well, can I try it? I said, yeah, sure. I kind of like, oh, my God, I'm in heaven. I mean, who made this? Wait, bacala or baklava? Which one? Baklava the sweet? The sweet, yeah. That's baklava. Actually, I just had baklava ice cream. Isn't that weird? Like one hour ago. Yeah, it's Cora. It's downtown. That Greek. It's like a Greek yeah, fish right. We just it's had our... Near uh, Market Square, off the Market Square. Yeah, I went yeah. to like a holiday lunch with some yeah. coworkers, and they were, um, they had baklava ice cream, and I ate it. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, it was amazing. They're like, it was this mashup of kind of vanilla ice cream with, with the dessert that they had sort of mashed up into this. It was really good. But, but I thought you were talking about bakala, which is, um, which is traditional, yeah. yeah right. Which is traditional Christmas. 
the bacala is so funny because, you know, with bacala, you have to soak it for three or four days. Oh, you drain it, you uh, yeah. the water. Or... You have to keep changing the water out. Yeah, actually, and... I don't have the patience for that, to tell you the truth. Well, I had a friend. Yeah, I had a friend who really wanted to do it. He's not Italian. He's yeah. Irish, and he's like, "Would you?" I've been fascinated by this concept. Is this fish salty? I was like, "No. If it is salty, you haven't rinsed it enough, and you haven't taken care of it enough." He was like, "Well, can we? Can we just do it? We just do this in my house." I was like, "If you tell anybody, I'm doing this with you in your bathtub. We put a big giant plastic container in his bathtub. It's like one of those." Salt- Storage containers. Yeah, seriously, they just and because you don't, you know, you have to have enough water because it's reconstituting and the fish is getting bigger. So we were laughing so hard. He did this for three days in a plastic container from Target with a lid on because he has a cat. It's totally ridiculous. Yeah, it's totally ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, for the holidays. Sure. And the childhood holiday food memories, oh, or holiday memories in general, like grandma yeah. and things like that. I, mind? I I really am blessed with some of the best cooks ever in the whole world. I always tell people, um, in my family, there's so many tremendous cooks. Um, my mom and her sisters. My mom's cousin Cece had her own cafe in Piedmont in the Bay Area for years, based on our family tradition. Um, so I grew up with, of course, Italians, and my um, grandma, my maternal grandma, would always roll out tons and tons of pasta. She would also make gnocchi, and she had this really fun kitchen from the 1950s, never changed. And she had a little, little tiny um, rounded bar area that you could sit at directly next to the stove, and she would just dish stuff right out onto that little counter. My brothers and my cousin Joshi, we would sit there at the counter as little kids, and um, in fact, I have a picture of the four of us at Christmas morning eating, eating or Christmas Eve in our pajamas, eating things, and um, I put that on my mantle at Christmas time because it's a, such a good memory of mostly eating, um, to dole out little bits of gnocchi here and there, and little bits of things, but the one thing my grandma would do, you know, we're Italian, so we don't eat meat on Christmas Eve, so on Christmas Eve, we did not have a seven fish tradition in my family, it's First of all, it's expensive, and second of all, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of a pain. Work. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. We used to take a big tuna, and I'm talking a tuna that's roughly 15 inches long, and put it vertically into a pot of sauce. And instead of cooking our meatballs, you know, like if you make a ragu, you know, you could cook bits of meat in your sauce. We used to always just cook, put the meatballs in totally raw, right, yeah, in right. the sauce. Um, she would put this big fish in the sauce, and then when it was done, she would take it out. She was like a magician. This woman was like four foot eleven. You know what I mean? Four foot ten. She would like reach into this thing and take out this fish in its entirety and lay it out on a platter with beautiful greens around it and sauce on top. It was just gorgeous, very crispy. And then we would eat um, pasta in this in this tu- you know tono in this tuna sauce. Um, that's a really fun memory of mine. And then, of course, all of our cookies and making pizzelles. I was the pizzelle master from, like, age eight on, you know. And big arguments, do we want to make them crispier or softer? Do we want anise seed or anise flavor? Do we want, you know, no, having no, fun? Not many ingredients in pizzelles, correct? Am I correct? No, no, like almost nothing. Oh, right? no, yeah. Three more ingredients? Yeah, I haven't made them since I was a kid. Yeah, definitely. 
I cheat sometimes and make a gnocchi just straight out of ricotta and flour. Oh, and lemon zest, yeah. Um, with the kelp, it's just like egg flour, sugar butter, and then your flavor, really. And um, just whatever kind of iron you've got, your pattern. We always had this great iron, and then it gave out in the, like in the 80s. But the pattern was so nice, and then we had to get the one that, I don't like that one pattern that's like super pretty. No, it has like a, a like almost like a trapezoid shape on one side and then like kind of more of a floral. It looks too waffly to me. And then when I look at it, I'm like, I don't want to be eating a waffle. I want to be eating a cookie and it should have a nice flower on it or something. It's something beautiful, but no. Breakfast looking thing. Yeah, but now um, my mom, some of our traditions have changed. Now everybody's getting older and we all have our own families. And um, I go to my friend Darla's for seven fish dinner and everybody brings something. And then we sort of made it, you know, Darla made it into, a, into its own thing. There's usually 30 people. We sit at one table that extends through two rooms, um, multi-generations, mostly Italian people, but friends and friends too. And it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. And the food comes out in courses. And my sons help too. Now that they're older, it's really cool. They do. And Leo helps with the smell, which is... Um, yeah, something you eat at the end of the meal for good luck. Um, but we also do things that are are not um, part of the traditional seven fish dinner. Like we do, um, Sharon, our friend Sharon makes gumbo. You know, gumbo's not Italian, it's from New Orleans, but, but it's got fish in it and we eat it. <laughs> yeah, right. And I like to eat salmon, like I was telling you before, the salmon with the pesto, because I love doing that and boiling it. And that's not really a that's not part of the Sun Fish Dinner. Sun Fish Dinner Yeah, we do it our way. Right, But we also do traditional things like cod, shrimp, you know, linguine with clam sauce, things that are um, traditional, along with the gumbo and the salmon and the stuff that's not, you know. I'm just curious, do you put anchovy in your clam sauce? I do not. Um, but you know, I like anchovies, and I think anchovies have always gotten a bad rap because people don't people eat them like out of a yucky can that's been on the shelf for four years, and you know, whatever, and it's all packed in salt, and it's not that's not really now. What you can do with an anchovy is um, one that's a little less um, processed is you can pick one, cut it up finely, and toss it right in with your um, pasta that you make, like a linguine, and um, just simply put shaved cheese and oil. That's a great lunch right there. You know. And uh, speaking of anchovies, one of my favorites, I found out probably about six, seven years ago. I've heard about them before, and I'm thinking, ah, could they really be like a white anchovy? Or just, I'm yeah. I know. We should have like a, um, you know, Tom, we should have an anchovy Maybe we do this in the new space when Sprecheter opens in Millville. We have like a little um, anchovy tasting or something. <laughs> you, know, you know who came to the space actually to talk about uh, job creation and innovation and community development was um, our representative, Mike Doyle, who's just such a great guy. He's a great person. He came in September. And uh, I didn't know this, but Mike Doyle, because his name is Mike Doyle, right? He's half Italian. 
He's like, Jen, can we do a meatball cook-off? And the <laughs> can you do a meatball? I was like, oh, my God, what pleasure. I'm going to compete with Mike. You know, I was like, maybe we just do a tasting. You know, we're not going to do a competition. Well, there you go. But we could do the same with anchovies. We could do a little tasting. We'll do rips on Caesar salad. We'll do anchovy butter. We'll do fish. We'll do all kinds of stuff. Oh, I love that idea. I love it. Little toast. We could do anchovy glacini. Uh, Easy. And fun. And also helping to debunk the myth of the anchovy. That's just it. Some, like you said, some things get a bad rap, and then they, they, they keep that, that bad rap stays around and everything. And it, you just have to learn to, it's like when people don't want to try things. Like when I work yeah. in restaurants and things, you have to give something a try. Well, it's amazing. Things, unless it's an allergy, obviously, you can't do that. But try something. You know. I think garlic gives them bad rap. Uh, Remember that? Yeah. In the 70s, yeah. I feel like everybody was like, oh, my God, oh, this is so exotic. Well, people treated, they used to call it a spice. Remember they used to call garlic a spice? Yeah. Garlic is a vegetable. Like, <laughs> it's in the lily family, yeah. actually. Technically, it's in the lily And roasted garlic is straight from heaven itself. Roasted garlic is the most wonderful thing. And the smell of roasted garlic yeah, is right up there with bread baking and, and coffee uh, brewing. Yep. Just the best. I mean, you get some nice, crusty Italian bread, and you get that roasted garlic, and you just put it on there like butter. Yummy. Yeah, totally. Give me a little <laughs> some marinara sauce, and that's it. It's gone. It's done. Maybe we should do that for our um, hairpiece charities thing. Maybe we should do a garlic table for hairpiece. Everybody, you need to look up hairpiece. Hair, H-A-I-R, piece, P-E-A-C-E. That's how I met our friend here, Tom. Um. Bonnie Diver. Bonnie Diver? Yeah, tell everybody about it. Yeah, Bonnie Diver, um, formerly of KDK Radio, now with um, the CDE station. Um, well, with, with that company. I'm trying to think of the company right now, the big company. But, oh, Clear Channel. Clear yeah. Channel. She does traffic now for them, Clear Channel in the morning. And she's still doing the hairpiece charities. It will be once again at the David Marinick Center on Camp Horn uh, Road in March 10th, right? So it's always a Saturday. And a lot of Pittsburgh uh, celebrities and chefs. Combination of both will be there, and Jen and I will be there once again to uh, to uh, cook up some stuff. And we're we're talking out loud and we're throwing around some ideas right now about that. So uh, yeah, it's going to be fun again. We're going to do that again. Yeah, it's a great event. To... People can come, and then you walk around from table to table and eat. Oh, so much fun! It's so it's good. So well organized. I've never seen. Oh it yeah. It so I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. I came in. I was like. They were like, can we send people out to your car to load your car for you? It was like, uh, yes, you can. <laughs> John Chamberlain was on your yep. Everybody can jump. Perfect. I thought you wanted to show you. Yeah. With, with Renee. Yes. Well, with Rachel. Rachel Renabeth. Rachel. And um, yeah, we were on your Jagoff. That's Yeah, Y-A, Jagoff. If you don't know how to spell Jagoff and you live in Pittsburgh, you have problems. Um, yeah. Rachel. Yeah. How did that go? That was really fun. I mean, that was by accident because I was actually sick. And um, <clears throat> I had this, like, flu cold thing for almost two weeks. And so I went to Tupelo Honey Teas because, as I told John, it's like nature's pharmacy, you know. And so I went to Tupelo Honey Teas so that Danielle Spinola, who we just talked about, could make me an elderberry tea, which is really good for your immunity and helps kind of kick your cold out. And um, I just happened to come when John and Rachel were setting up for Small Business Saturday. They did their podcast live. Um, the unveiling of the brand new 
um, Pittsburgh parking chair Christmas tree ornament. Totally ridiculous. You guys got to go on youjackoff.com to know what I'm talking about. And so we just talked about, you know, what's going on with Sprecha Tura and also just talking about Danielle and I in our relationship because Danielle's place is vegan. <laughs> Excuse me. And, you know, obviously I'm not a vegan. I'm Italian, so that would be a problem. Can you imagine? Maybe that's, maybe that's a niche, Tom. Vegan Italian. That could be a niche. Abteca, they did their vegan Eastern European food. I mean, that's a niche. Right, right. Like they say, if you want to predict the future, um, invent it. Invent the future. This is what I'm saying. So, but Danielle will do things like if she's doing a catering gig for her chickpea sandwiches, which are delicious, she'll call me up and say, Jen, you know, they also want like a prosciutto caprese hoagie. Would you make that? And so we'll split the business together and help each other out. So we were just talking about how small businesses work together because we have to work together because some of the stuff that I could do, um, you might need help with, and some of the stuff that you could do, I need need help with, you know. So. Yeah, one of the things that came out of of Millville um, to to this point is um, last time Danielle asked me to make that, actually make that salami caprese. It was a salami caprese sandwich. It was for the Eco District's mini conference that took place in the Moose Lodge. And um, one of the people that went to that is um, is Jenna from Green Building Alliance. And she just gave me a ring the other day and said, you know, I was thinking about it after I went to Al Gore's environmental summit that, yeah, that food is one of the biggest problems with the environment and the way that food is produced the way it's harvested, the way it's uh, processed and distributed, for sure, and the way it's distributed, trucks, you know, problem. And so she was saying, I would really like to partner with a more eco-friendly uh, catering business to do some of our meals. We do so many events, and we need catering all the time. So now we're talking about creating like a green, a green catering, green building partnership where the food that I make for Green Building Alliance is tailored specifically towards uh, sustainable, locally produced um, things that that really are in keeping with their mission. So now we're really talking about um, mission-based food production, which is amazing and something I'm so interested in because of you know I'm certainly not doing this uh, just for the hell of it or just to make money. I'm really interested in specifically being located close to other small businesses, working in concert with them to meet mission needs for our nonprofit, humanitarian, and arts community specifically. And I'm super psyched about that because my background's in the arts too. Exciting. And are you singing recently? Well, the most of the singing that happens this time of the year is Christmas singing, which drives me crazy because it's all for sopranos. Can we <laughs> complain about that for a minute? <laughs> you know, everything. Everything from joy to the world to, you know, whatever. Do you have a favorite Christmas song and do you have one that you cannot stand? Well, it's interesting. I learned about this. There are some Christmas songs that are in minor key, and a lot of the songs that are sung during Advent are in minor key, like the First Noel or Little Town of Bethlehem. Those are all, uh, yeah, it's just interesting. And then after actual Christmas, through the Epiphany, the songs are way more joyful, like Joy to the World. And it's kind of interesting to me to, to understand that way. I love um, singing happy Christmas songs. Yeah. Um, I think some of the like sappier Christmas music 
Like, I like walking around the Christmas tree. Just personally, I like that kind of a Christmas song or Santa Claus is coming to town or anything like that. Yeah, Jingle Bells, anything fun like that. But, um, you know, Away in a Manger is kind of a bummer, you know. It's like, the, I don't really want to say, you know, Away in a Manger, no crib for a bed. But it's kind of a bummer, yeah, it's depressing. Do the homeless man? I mean, it's true, but it's kind of a bummer. I like the more happy, yay. Santa's going to yeah, and I mean, we can all listen to 3WS all day long for that, you know? Like if I hear it a million times, it's fine with me. Springsteen, Santa Claus, Oh, he's the greatest. Yeah. Well, Springsteen. But I mean, the first, whenever I hear it, it's like the first time I've ever heard that song. Isn't that great? He's a great guy. Yeah, I'm as opposed to like Baby It's Cold Outside, which is like a rape song. <laughs> I feel like it's so horrible. Frightening. I'm like, so, no. Creepy. Yeah. Oh my God. And then there's fun stuff. Like, you know, Michael Jackson is a kid singing Santa Claus coming times, the cutest thing in the entire world. Love it. I hate the Paul McCartney song. Yeah, that one's it's kind of sappy and goofy and kind Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Yeah. One time, I think it, I think it ruined for me. One time, I had heard Paul McCartney on Howard Stern. Right, this was years ago, before Howard Stern was so raunchy. Years and years and years ago, and um, I was on my way to work, driving to Oakland. I worked at Pitt, and and he said this thing that was so vapid. It made me not like his music anymore. So Howard Stern's like, so what was that song about? Like, what did you mean when you were singing this? And he was like, I didn't mean anything. The song is about nothing. And I was like, you're such a jerk. Yeah. And I'm like, even if you don't mean that, why would you say that? Oh, Paul. Yeah. The Beatles. What are you going to do? Well, John Lennon, Yeah. Yes. That's a great song. Yeah. What else do you want to talk about? Will we get well, there? I think we did. Um, oh, I did want to talk about one other thing that's so cool. You were talking about Millville exploding, and yeah. you know it's hard to believe it. A town that actually is certainly um, still in poverty. Um, most of the people that live there are. Well, it's. I want. I don't quote me on that statistic. My friend Scott just gave it to me, but there's a significant amount of people that live there that live, um, you know, hand to mouth. Um, and there aren't a lot of, there aren't tons and tons of children there, although the library is constantly packed, I've observed. Um, it's a wonderful place. Oh, my God. The library is so great. And our awesome friend Lisa Seal brought the uh, lunch program, the summer lunch feeding program to the library, and I participated in that this year, too, which is really just wonderful. Um, there, it's still a small community. I mean, we're talking 3,700 people. This is not tons and tons of people, 4,000 people. I mean, we're not talking lots and lots and lots of people. We are talking about available real estate, cheap rent, and the things that sort of are hallmarks of the possibility for gentrification, which is a drag, because that drives people out of their communities. And the rent is still fairly cheap there? Pretty cheap. I and I, I feel like... Um, That's good. I didn't know that. I feel like this concept that I brought up earlier about slow development is so important to ensuring that um, people are not driven out of their communities. I mean, I, I'm just coming here, passing these gargantuan apartment buildings in Lawrenceville that look like Eastern Bloc Nation. I'm like, well, who's going to live in these? Like, 
what is the rent going to be? Is it going to be like $2,000 a month? I'm like, who can afford this? And what do you know, for sure. Oh, yeah. And then when I was on the bus, I remember being on the bus years and years ago and listening to a woman saying, yeah, I'm just going to pick up a small working class house down in Lawrenceville for 40000 You know, that, that's like 10% of what it would be now. Um, so I think, I think the Snow Valley and Neighborhood Allies just gave the Moose Mode, which is the name of the project to redevelop the Moose Lodge, the Market Confidence Award for this year, which I was so pleased and just proud to even be a part of that, really through the vision of Scott Wolovich and, um, you know, Zaheen Hussain, what they're doing in Millville and um, Brian Wolovich in the library and, you know, people, small business owners like Tupelo, like Indian Rico, people that are taking chances. Um, and the Market Confidence Award really means that by developing this new lodge that it's encouraging other people to want to do things like fix up their houses, um, put small businesses there. And I'm hoping that um, the community, there's so many wonderful people, Yetters, uh, Sticklers Ice Pops, the old record store that I've been going to for years that I love so much, Attic Records, terrific, um, Pamela's, yeah. you know, Jean-Marc, Jean-Marc's Bakery, you know, just incredible. Millville Diner, yeah. There's lots and lots of small businesses that can that can benefit um, by helping each other. And when there's a market confidence award being given, one of six awards given throughout the city, to me that's signaling, okay, some of the work that people are doing there is is bringing uh, bringing about a better a better vibe, a better feeling for. Um, for redeveloping a community in a positive, cooperative manner. And I really appreciate that a lot. Oh, yeah. Mr. Small. You've got to be kidding me. Stop it. How can you not have gone to Mr. Small, Tom? I'm going to lecture you right on the air here. No, you're not. They have two shows coming up, like Tom Petty, a tribute, right? Yes. And so one is, I believe, the end of December, and one of them is early January. And uh, recent guests on the show, Heather Croft, who's um, a terrific singer, terrific. And uh, I just have to find out, because they have many artists listed. I have to see if she is going to be at both shows or one show that I'd like want to, want to see Heather, of course, too. So I'll have to find out. Yeah, just, just for her album, Lights and for Solids, you know, just, just awesome stuff. Well, I think that, um, you know, Mr. Smalls is an awesome example. I mean, here's, you know, the relentless vision of Mike Franzo and Liz Berlin, you know, just... We're gonna yep, we're gonna we're gonna build this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna build another stage, we're gonna put I mean they're just out there. And um you know, Mr. Small brings in eighty thousand people a year. Yes. To Millvale. We're talking a small community. And, you know, think about all the opportunities that would be there if people could eat more dinners there. I mean, we've got Grist House, we've got other places with dry logs, get beer beforehand. But in terms of eating like really a sit down meal, it's really grand bar. I mean, honestly, for dinner, no, and you could go to a bar, yeah, you could go to a bar like Double R and eat, but it's, in terms of actually going to more of a family establishment where you could sit down and eat, I mean, that's something that we're seeking to provide, that we hope will fill a market niche in Millville for some of these people that are coming in and really want to have a great night out. I love Mr. Smalls. I love going there. I've been an MC there for some shows on the smaller stage upstairs. It's perfect. I have. Um, on the smaller stage upstairs, yeah. yeah. It's a great place. I've danced there, too. They had a little dance party one time. 
So fun. That's how Petty Tribute Mass Conference. I'm going to have to look that up. Uh, anything else you want to mention before we wrap it up here on Cook's Week? I, um, it's the best time of the year to eat, people. That's uh, what I yeah. want to say. So I want to wish everybody a happy, happy Christmas and a happy holiday, whatever it is that you celebrate, that you are doing it around a table with people you love. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, sure. Well, I want to thank my special guest again today, um, Jen Saffron from, ooh, you okay? Yeah, I need okay. to go over there. Uh, from Spread Catering at Millville. And for being a great guest again on Cookspeak. And in the future, we've got some great guests coming up. Also, some other great guests coming up. And uh, also, uh, one of the guests will be Hyla Urbani coming up soon uh, with uh, her website. Um, well, she's a, she's a health coach, and I'll talk to you about that uh, in the upcoming shows. But uh, uh, the name is Hyla Urbani. You can, uh, you can Google that. And we'll be talking to Hyla soon. And that's going to do it for Cook's Week this week. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas, everybody. We're talking before Christmas anyway, but not, don't spend too much. Bye.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.